0: Before we get started with this week's episode of Rising as One podcast, we'd like to thank our partners, Firebird Rising, The Beautiful Game Network, and Oro Brewing Company. You can check out Firebird Rising on the web at firebirdrising.corair, that's K-O-R-R-A-I-R.com, The Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm, and Oro Brewing Company is located in downtown Mesa, so if you're out in the East Valley, go check them out, and remember to use the code word RISING after any Phoenix Rising win for happy hour pricing. We would also like to thank our listeners for the continued support. If you enjoy this podcast, please do us a favor and leave us some feedback on iTunes or drop us a line on Twitter at RisingPod. Let's get to the show. Hello, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising is One podcast, and I'm doing it solo this week. Jeff and Matt are both unavailable, which means that our end of season roundtable is still going to be happening, just not this week. But what we do have for you this week is 35 minutes of great audio. I got an interview with Sam Dorr, who is very involved with the club in their office, vice president of marketing, and he came over from San Antonio pretty recently. Absolutely fantastic interview. He goes in-depth about, you know, what he did in San Antonio, his background, the kind of experience he brings here, the vision he has for Phoenix Rising, both right now and then moving forward. He explains why, whether we go to MLS or stay in USL, why Phoenix Rising has a really bright future and will continue to thrive. And we... We get into quite a few topics, so that is a must-listen, and that's going to be our episode this week. It's just going to be the audio from that interview. We will definitely get to a bigger-picture season recap, but I don't think it does justice for me to talk about that without my partners in crime. So that's what we got this week. Enjoy the interview with Sam Dorr. It's a phenomenal listen. Here it is. Hello, this is Dominic Kearns with the Rising is One podcast, and I have a very special guest this afternoon. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hey
1: everybody, uh, this is Sam Dore from Phoenix Rising, and uh, excited to talk to Dominic and, and talk all things Phoenix Rising.
0: So, what's your official position with the club?
1: Yeah, so I, uh, I'm the vice president of, of sales and marketing, and then you know, as as you know, we'll discuss uh, in the in the soccer world, especially the USL world, you wear a lot of different hats, so. Um, really focusing on on revenue generation for us and and building our our brand as we um, expand. Obviously, sponsorships fall under that as well. And then um, you know, bringing over some of the things I have done previously in San Antonio, helping on the technical and player side of things as well. So all encompassing, but the the title is is VP of Sales and Marketing and really um, working on improving the business side of the operation along with helping out on the soccer side a little bit as well.
0: Well, that's good to hear. We've seen a lot from you on Twitter, a lot of positive responses from a lot of fans because you've been so engaged. But I want to go back and talk a little bit about your past experience. So what was your role in San Antonio?
1: Yeah, so in, in San Antonio, um, I was employee one of San Antonio FC, so it was a, a tough decision to, to move and leave when, when you literally were the first person on the ground with a club that, um, to me, you know right now a lot of success on the field and a lot of success off the field one of the model clubs i think of the league in in just a few short years so um they are started out um, on the on the marketing uh, side of things and social media side of things and overseeing that oversaw the, the creation of the, the crest and, and that process and then getting season ticket members um, on board our, our marketing initiatives, um, our social media, etc. something we took a lot of pride in and then that changed to the soccer operations side of things. Um, as well. So uh, soccer operations, business operations, and then oversaw the start um, of our academy that became a a DA uh, academy. So uh, it was wide ranging, you know, on the soccer side, it was um, working with the players day in and day out, making sure they had everything they needed, uh, doing our road trips uh, you know, doing the behind-the-scenes things with the leagues, filing of contracts, registration, etc., um, and then on the on the academy side of things, it was you know everything that you know we could possibly do, and starting an academy and, and getting kids funneled up from the younger ages to the academy program, and then you know with the academy itself, road trips, registration, etc. So, um, a lot on both sides. But you know, the business is is my bread and butter, and what I enjoy, especially the marketing and building a brand, and then the social media, which is obviously why I'm active on social media as well. I think it's important. So, um, really, that's that's uh, kind of the nuts and bolts of everything. Obviously, I could bore you with details, but from a high level perspective, that's that was the the roles in San Antonio.
0: And so it sounds like you had so much influence and input there. Which kind of transitions into the next question. What attracted you to Phoenix and Phoenix Rising?
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, if you would have told me a year ago at this time that I was going to be in Phoenix, I would have probably laughed you out of the room. And, you know, a lot of that had to do with just the change in the brand, right? No no offense to Arizona United in those days, but it was one of the clubs we would look at from afar and kind of say, you know, what's going on there? You'd look at the games in the baseball stadium and there wouldn't be a a ton of people there. And the brand was just kind of it was what it was. And um, the change... Uh, and I think that's thanks to ownership, but I do think that's thanks to even the Arizona United fans, some of the employees we still have from Arizona United days. Just the, the, you know, the passion for the project and wanting to change things in Arizona. Of course, the new stadium and the location have helped. So to me, from the outside, it was, wow, look how much they've done in such a short time uh, to get the ownership they have on board. Didier Drogba on board, the front office, Bobby, I have a great relationship with our CEO, Bobby, and, and he's a guy that I had worked very closely with in, in helping him, and he had come to San Antonio to visit with some of the new investors, etc. cetera. Uh, Frank, when he was the head coach, had come out and visited as well. So you take in the combination of the new brand, ownership, what was going on, the fan support and the change in, in fan support in just a short time, uh, the pop-up stadium that was built like this, and then to me, you know, the most attractive thing was the market uh, and a place to live. Uh, You know, this is something, you know, in sports, you'll learn that you're going to travel and have a lot of short-term stops. I wanted to be somewhere long-term and I couldn't think of, and my wife as well, a better place to be long-term than in the Phoenix area. So loving living here, I thought it would be an attractive place to live. But I think, you know, when you're building a brand and building a fan base, this market has everything that you need. So, um, you know, I think we're not at the ceiling. I think we're still at the floor of where we can be. And to me, that was the attractive thing uh, along with obviously Bobby's leadership and a guy that um, I have great rapport with and really wanted to work with to see where we could take this
0: that's a great answer and you know we discussed off the air that the USL is changing quickly just as this club is changing do you mind elaborating a little Yeah, no,
1: I think, look, I even in the short couple years that I've been involved with the league, look, I, I was privileged and, and honored to work under Tim Holt, who used to be the, the you know president of the USL, and, and to me doesn't get enough credit for where the USL is today. I know that Jake Edwards and everybody at the league office has done a terrific job in, in shepherding the league forward, uh, but it wouldn't be where it is without Tim, and I, I was lucky enough to learn from Tim, and um, without him and his leadership and guidance, I would, I would be nowhere. So um, I owe a big thank you to him and I think he started it uh, and obviously Jake and everyone at the league has done a terrific job continuing to, to push it forward but the league's completely different I mean you talk about anywhere from you know player salaries to budgets of teams to bring in high level employees I mean we have a lot of front office employees that are really talented that we're taking from the Suns and, and uh, you know the Coyotes and uh, the Cardinals et cetera. and that, that's something I think in the past who would leave the Suns and the Cardinals and the Coyotes to go work for a USL soccer team? But now we have – I mean I'm telling you, we have tons of people that want to come join what we're doing here. And so to me that's just – that's going on in other markets as well. So being able to afford the talent off the field and on the field. I think the the budgets are going up, uh, but they're being smart about it. I, I think the USL um, – it's doing a really smart job of making sure that you know the, the operations are, are going well and you're not overextending your means of paying players, and that also means paying staff. But I think with the more fans, uh, more league support, uh, I think the play on the field has significantly increased. Uh, I think there's better coaching. I think the, the youth uh, systems for uh, all of the USL teams have improved, or at least they have something in place on the youth end of things. Uh, so look, I, I think from top to bottom, on the field, off the field, uh, the USL is changing rapidly and it's an arms race not just in the, the business side of things look I mean we had a 300% increase in attendance we're still 5th or 6th in the league I'm proud of that but that means there's 4 or 5 teams still in front of us that, that tells you uh, the market and the appetite is there in other markets and uh, it's going to continue to go that way so we're playing in front of more fans now you have you know, better people selling tickets better people running social it all makes a difference and then like I said on their field the caliber of player Uh, And the caliber of coaching and the style of play is significantly better now than I think it was two or three years ago.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, all you have to do is look at the number of teams that have local TV deals, the number of teams total in the league just in the last three to four years has almost doubled. Um, But thank you for giving such a great answer there. And then that brings us to the elephant in the room, which is MLS expansion. Mm Uh, Phoenix being one of 12 markets that's shooting for four open spots for MLS. And I know you get this question all the time, so maybe it's a softball. But why is Phoenix rising? Why do we have such a strong bid for MLS?
1: Yeah, no, I think um, so. I think there's a couple things. I think one, there are some advantages to being in USL compared to MLS. So, um, and I, you know, I won't dive into all the details, but it's not such a bad thing to be in USL. So no matter what happens, Phoenix Rising is going to be a stable club and is going to be a productive club. So I think Uh, You know, that's the most important thing is the club is going nowhere, whether we're in MLS or we're in USL. Uh, And there's actually some advantages to to being in USL. So uh, but with all that said, we obviously want to be an MLS club. And that's our aspiration. But I do want to assure people you hear it all the time. If you don't get MLS, what happens? But we we build on what we are right now, and I think uh, even in USL, we can be a club that averages 10,000-plus fans um, a game. Our stadium is easily expandable. Uh, There's a lot of different things that we can do. So no matter what, we need to be the best club that we can be. And the league shouldn't matter, but I know it does matter in in today's – US soccer landscape, so I'm not gonna be naive when it comes to that, but I think it is important to note that no matter what happens, Phoenix Rising is is going to be uh, in a good, good position, and you know, I'm excited uh, about where we're going, even if that remains in the USL. With that said, you know our aspirations, ownership, everybody. I don't think it's a you know it's a secret to anyone. We want to be in the MLS, uh, and so you know as it reg- you know regards to MLS, it's a process that we're blessed that our owners are taking head on, which allows Bobby, myself, everyone in here to focus on being the best club we can be right now. But with that said, I think um, we're well positioned for numerous different reasons. TV market. Um, you know, It's the biggest TV market that the MLS doesn't have. MLS isn't dumb. They know what pays the bills. They're about to do a new TV deal sooner than, rather than later. They need us. They need us for that reason. Uh, I think the second thing is everyone says the climate is a, is a negative. I think it's a positive. Uh, where else can you play soccer uh, this time of year or earlier in the year and know you're going to have perfect conditions? And I think there's um, ways in the summer to negate the, the, the factor of the heat um i think another thing going for us is all the mls teams like coming here already uh tucson they go there for the mls preseason event uh they would just be just as happy i think to come to phoenix during the regular season and they're they're familiar with the market um and then look of course population uh the appetite of sponsors um you know didier drogba uh, the brand itself i mean we could go on and on and on about why millennials uh the hispanic pop i you know i can continue uh, but I think every single category that you look at, the ownership group, our stadium plan, um, you'll be hard-pressed to find a privately financed stadium. Where else are you going to find that? Where else are you going to find land that's ready to go? If they told us tomorrow, we could put the shovels in the ground. So I think you could ask me any sort of the qualifiers that MLS has put out there, and we would check that box. Um, so I think we're we're in a good position, and, and we're hopeful. And you know I think the, the line around here is uh, it's a, a matter of when, not if. Uh, and so we'll be ready whenever that time comes. In the meantime, though, um, you know, we, uh, we want to be the best club we can be at the USL level, and we feel very strongly about the league we're in and what we're currently doing. And when that time comes to enter MLS, we'll be ready, and, and we want to hit the ground running and be the most prepared team to ever make that jump from USL to MLS. Um, and so uh, look what Atlanta's done this year. I think, you know, what we had we had the highest percentage of attendance increase in north america soccer this year at 300 some percent i don't think it's far reaching to say if we got an mls franchise we could easily do that by 300 again which puts us at 19,000 fans a game which uh, is is high up in the mls average attendances and i think we can do even better than that so to me it's a no-brainer for mls but uh, you know i would caution Uh, us on on being desperate for us you know we should stand for you know what we have going on here and I think MLS would be lucky to have us same token we'd be lucky to have MLS and and we know that and we're working hard to to make that happen
0: now this is interesting you mentioned a couple advantages to USL and we really don't get to hear exactly what those advantages are too often so if you don't mind what are a couple of those advantages? I'd imagine that you have more freedom to define the brand. You have better. Well, I mean, just uh, look like the TV,
1: t- yeah, TV deals. Uh, you know, some of the merchandise deals. We just announced the Just Sports deal. That's a, that's a big advantage. You look at players uh, in the MLS. If you sell a player, you know, the money is split amongst all the clubs in the USL. The only one that gets it, it's the club that sells the player. So, um, the things we can do from a sponsorship perspective. Um, so, um, there. You know, look, it's a good problem to have when you're in MLS. It's a high-class problem to have. Uh, but there are some some you know advantages of, of being in USL. But I, look, I'm not naive. I, I'm not going to be here and say, hey, we'd rather be in USL than MLS. That's not the case at all. Uh, but I, I just want to caution people on the fact that Phoenix Rising isn't going anywhere. No matter what happens, we feel very confident in our MLS bid. Like I said, we, it's a matter of uh, when, not if. But you know, I think you can fall into a trap of just waiting for MLS to come and it, for it to happen and lose sight of what you're doing here now. And we all, uh, those listening to the podcast, us in the office, the supporters, the fans, we need to worry about right now and continuing to build because when MLS comes, uh, we need to be ready just to easily transition into into that stage. So if we just sit here and say, oh, this is great, but you know we're waiting for MLS to get season tickets or we're waiting for MLS to sponsor you or we're waiting for uh, MLS to do this or that or whatever, then uh, I think you're going to miss the boat on you know being a part of it from the start. And I think that's what's exciting about our project. So um, we just need to be the the best club that we can be, whether that's MLS, USL, PDL, whatever it may be. Um, and and that's what we're focused on. So look, when we look at teams and attendance and sponsors and social media, we're not saying, oh, Atlanta United, that's an MLS club, we can't do that. We're looking at it and saying, we can do that even though we're in the USL.
0: Great answer again. And kind of speaking about how Phoenix Rising can be the best team now, Mm -hmm. you had a tweet several days ago that really caught my eye, I think caught a lot of supporters' eyes. Mm Especially in the direct aftermath of being kind of frustrated with the result on Sunday. Right. Uh, But this was you talking about what we're going to do from this day forward. From tonight forward, I'm setting new expectations. In 2018, I expect Phoenix Rising FC to be the team in the Valley that everyone is talking about. I expect the media to have no choice but to cover us. I expect to work closely with season ticket members and supporters to grow our fan base together. I expect our social media and marketing presence to improve. I expect us to sell out every 2018 Phoenix Rising home game. I expect to be at more community events than any other team in the Valley. I expect to be more fan friendly and accessible than any other team in Phoenix. I expect a team that the rest of the league fears. I expect to win a cup. I expect greatness. I expect doubters. I expect naysayers. What they don't expect. That together, as a club, we have the power to redefine expectations, and we will. So, some pretty big words there. I mean, you can already say that you're backing it up somewhat because we reached out to you yesterday <laughs> to interview you, and here we are right now. But if you don't mind elaborating a little on that, yeah. how are we going to take that next step in the community and really get there, both on the field and off?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a mindset. So, yeah. Um... I think if you limit yourself uh, from a mindset perspective, you're never going to get to where you want to be, whatever that is. Um, so, uh, look, I, I meet with our employees almost every single day. You can you know go ask them out there. Um, you know, we, there's no excuses going forward. I don't care if the Cardinals have a home game. I don't care if the Suns have a home game. ASU has a home game. Look. Uh, Our last home game of 2017, we sold it out. I think it was our best crowd of the year, in my opinion. And an ASU game was going on two miles down the road that had, what, 60,000-plus, whatever it was. So to me, there's just no excuses going forward, and that's that's a mindset. I think our brand is as cool or if not better than the Suns, Cardinals, D-backs, uh, you name it, That's you know, it's not, not being cocky, it's, it's a belief, and if you don't believe it, then you know, I don't want you working for me. You have to believe that we are better than all of those teams and we have something better to offer. I think our pricing is better. Uh, I think our game experience is better. Where else can you go and know you're in and out in two hours? Uh, you're seeing uh, international legend in his last couple of seasons still performing at a high level, by the way, um, you know, averaging almost a goal a game. Um, and we're going to play exciting soccer next year. I mean, we are, we are going to be on the front foot. We're going to attack. We're going to score a bunch of goals. Um, so, look, I, I think that a lot of times um, USL fans uh, and even soccer fans Um, kind of feel like the ugly stepchild and are kind of scared to to step out and say, hey, I'm a fan of Phoenix Rising over X team or X team or they fear going into the office and saying, hey, I went to the Phoenix Rising game or I'm a Phoenix Rising fan when they're talking to Cardinals fans or d fans. No, I I think you go in there and you, you have to be proud of it and you have to own it and you get two or three people to come out and you get them out to the stadium And they're going to come back. I mean that's the number one thing we see is once we get them to a game, once we get sponsors to games, they want to come back. So to me it's a mindset not just with me, not just with our front office, um, not just with our fans and our supporters. Everybody has to have the mindset that uh, we can be the best team the best experience the best everything in the valley and um you know i i think we're well on our way i think we have the you know really cool logos and a really cool brand obviously tim reester did a fantastic job in his group with that i think we're going to do some really cool things from a from a marketing perspective going forward that nobody else has thought of uh, in the valley i think um our team no offense to anyone else we have you know the most popular player in the valley uh larry fitzgerald and all those guys are great but i mean from a worldwide perspective um and you know i think uh a hot topic that i see people tweet i think we're gonna have the best uniforms in the ve- so i think we're gonna have a lot of things uh but now it's on us right so i've put that out there it's on us these guys you know our sales folks know it um we want to sell out every single game next year that's that's a fact we'll have 20 home games i want all 20 to be over 6200 fans Um, is it doable? I think it's doable. Uh, but we're going to need the help of supporters and season ticket members and, um, the general public to get on board and, and support this and push this forward. And I hope, you know, a year from now, I'm talking to you and we've checked off all those things. I can tell you, um, from an on the field perspective, I'll be shocked if, if we're not the most feared team in the league. We already were by the end of the season uh it obviously didn't go how we wanted it to in kansas city i don't think it was because we weren't the better team it's soccer that that's what happens in soccer uh we played i thought we were the better team on sunday but that's what happens you know so soccer is that way you can you know how many games do you guys watch and and you see that so um look it may not we might not you need some luck to, to win a cup uh you need a lot of things to go your direction but i I'm pretty confident we're going to have a really, really exciting, fun, successful team on the field next year. Uh, I'm thinking we're going to have some home playoff games next year. And so really to us, to me, uh, now it just boils down to the business side of things and and getting that done and generating as much revenue and excitement and atmosphere that we can possibly do to reward those players because we are going to have, um, I'm telling you, a a really good soccer product on the field next year.
0: Yeah, and I can definitely back you up because... Going to the point you're making about bringing people to the stadium, I've brought several friends to matches this year, and every time they go, they're telling me, that was a great time, I definitely want to go back. Even even the San Antonio match, where it was a 1-0, it was just a really tough one, even then my friend tells me, I want to go back, I want to do this again, this was a really fun time. So, as far as the fan experience, I mean, it's already incredible. And then this is a market that's really starving for a team to just that, that we're starving for a team that other teams fear. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Diamondbacks had a decent season, but Suns, the Cardinals, Yeah, and they all do a great coaches. job
1: like and, and and don't get me wrong and please don't misquote me, but I think they all do a tremendous job. I go to Cardinals games, I go to Suns games, I go to D-backs games, I go to all of them. I enjoy their product. I think they're all very good at what they do. Um, And I I think some of them have really cool brands and we learn from them every single day. I I just went to a Suns game on on Monday night and I learned a couple of things. You're always going to do that. They all do really good things. They're very hardworking. We have a couple of employees from them. So um, by no means is it them. I just think we can elevate even higher because of the sport of soccer and where that's going. Uh, and then obviously our product and, and what we can offer. And so um, look, it's a, it's a daily process. It's for sure a challenge. It's, it's a, some bold statements, but I, I think we can do it. And the thing is, I think we're only going to get better. That was year one with, with very little time to plan, uh, very little organization in the terms of executing plans. Our game experience is going to get better. Parking is going to get better. Concessions are going to get better. Um, you name it. Like, it's going to get better. Promotions, uh, giveaways, et cetera. So uh, we are at the ground floor of where we can be. And I think that the ceiling is very, very high. Uh, and it's going to be a fun ride up the elevator to the ceiling. So, um, you know, I, to me, uh, with where we're at, and I still think we're at the floor, that's why I expect us to, to be great next year.
0: And a couple things that are going to help with that rise, things that maybe got lost in the shuffle because the last few weeks have been so busy. One was Phoenix Rising's acquisition of FC Tucson, mm-hmm. and then two was even more recent. In a season ticket holder email, it was revealed that we're going to play three MLS teams during the preseason next year. Uh, describe... What these kinds of de- things can do to help us rise to the top?
1: Yeah, so um, for the you know you know the FC Tucson acquisition, it's great for us. Uh, Tucson is a is a fantastic soccer market. There is a lot of great youth players in Tucson. There's a lot of great community support in Tucson for FC Tucson. You know, Rick Shantz, our assistant, did a terrific job down there. John Perlman's doing a terrific job. So for us, it's a no-brainer. Uh, PDL is directly linked with USL um, so to, to go down there and they're doing a great job already all we're going to do is just add to the experience down there we want to take some learnings and some of the bandwidth that we have there go to Tucson and help with that and continue to grow and link that path to the pro we're hoping we have players from the PDL FC Tucson team that you know eventually play for Phoenix Rising so uh, we're really excited about being down in the Tucson market we'll have full-time staff John Perlman staying on so um, we look at FC Tucson as, as a great benefit to us as a club Uh, we're going to do some bus trips between tucson and phoenix for season ticket members to get experience at both of the levels Um, so we're invested we want to invest in that community we want to grow soccer in the state of arizona so for us a no-brainer to go down and be involved with the pdl and a terrific franchise and FC tucson and then with that obviously that they have the desert diamond cup down there that's going nowhere it's staying in tucson Um, that's the biggest thing to to let people know the event is going nowhere Uh, we're going down there we just visited last Wednesday to visit the facilities and everything terrific MLS teams couldn't ask for anything better so now our goal is to go down there and make the event even bigger get more MLS teams more games bring in hospitality uh, more sponsors maybe add some more USL teams to the mix so um, you know we're excited about the the happenings down in Tucson and then um, on the MLS front here in the games Uh, We're continuing to work on it, nothing official yet. Uh, We're working towards that. We want to have, you know, play an MLS team at our facility. Um, and, and you know we feel good about that and we think season ticket members are going to be happy once we get everything done. Obviously we got to cross the T's and dot the I's and uh, make sure everything goes that way um, but that's in addition to our season ticket members now having the access to go down to Tucson to the MLS event uh, which I think will be great more information to come on that but anybody from Phoenix can drive down to Tucson and watch some great MLS soccer in the preseason uh, and then we're hoping to hopefully uh, have a team or two up here to, to play Phoenix Rising in our preseason that season ticket members can see but it's nothing but beneficial i mean we're really excited about the tucson market linking it to the phoenix market uh but but we are going to be local in tucson we're going to have boots in the ground full-time staff and we want to just elevate what you know fc tucson's already doing and elevate the the cup event down there
0: so you talk about phoenix rising being a team that brings the whole state together you know i have a couple friends in yuma and one of them really follows this team closely he's Mm -hmm. been to a couple matches uh, has there been any talk about maybe doing events maybe at NAU or in YuMA or other parts of the state that you know are a little bit further from Phoenix, but you know could play a big role in just really unifying the state? Around yeah, the state? for
1: sure. Well I, I, look, uh, we're in all the just sports around the state now, which is terrific. Our Cox TV deal is statewide. You can watch us anywhere in the state. Um, so it's a no-brainer for us as we continue to grow, especially as we go towards MLS to, to do state road trips, maybe do a training session at different cities around the state. So everything's on the table. We want to grow the brand, uh, not just here in Phoenix, not just in Tucson, not just in Tempe, not just in Scottsdale, everywhere, Flagstaff, you name it. So um, I think everything's on the table. I think our Cox deal is a great first step, our Just Sports deal is a great first step. Uh, but there's more we can do, whether that be an off-season road trip, like I said, training sessions, um, etc. So um, everything is is on the table, and, and uh, I think you know sooner rather than later we'll we'll have a presence throughout the state, and whether that's physically, digitally, you name it, um, and and we're working on some some marketing you know techniques to, to get involved in those local markets and hopefully get them to a game or two a year because there's no reason they can't come down for a weekend and, and watch a game. So uh, no, the whole state's important to us, but I Obviously, we need to hone in on what we're doing here and then you know, cast the net wider and wider.
0: Sure. So it's getting towards the end. But I imagine with a lot of building the brand statewide and building the brand nationally and even internationally, you have to have a lot of interactions with the ownership group. And what have those interactions been like? Because from my limited interactions, they are incredibly generous with their time, incredibly generous with the fans. Have you experienced more of the same?
1: Yeah, no, they're great. I mean, I think uh, that's, a, that's a real asset to what we're doing is, a, is our ownership group, and they are committed to this. Um, they're committed to, like I said in, in the tweet you read, the reason we can do all of that is because of our owners, uh, and they set that standard every single day. Um, so, so that helps. I think the, the biggest thing is just their knowledge in so many different areas uh, is something we tap into you know, every single day, whether that's marketing, whether that's sales, whether that's music and entertainment, whether that's, you know, financial, medical, you name it. So they all have their niches. And I think, you know, when that all comes together in one pot, There's really nothing that we're doing that one of them doesn't have an expertise in. And so um, that helps us. Obviously, they are so supportive in in, uh, the fan interactions. They're great. They come to all of the games, most all of them. Uh, They're in constant contact. They care. And I think that's the biggest thing is they genuinely want this thing to succeed. They genuinely uh, want to give the fans the best product on the field, off the field. Uh, And they want to see this thing grow, not just for Phoenix, but for the state. Um, So they're committed. They're awesome. Their interactions with us. Are, are fantastic, even our staff. Um, and I think the the fans see that. So um, to us it's a it's a huge advantage to have all of them on board and, and they can open up a lot of different doors for us and uh, we take full advantage of that.
0: Any fun ownership stories, maybe a oh, different story, I don't, Brandon McCarthy.
1: I don't it's great. Brandon's in the World Series, right? And he made the World Series roster. So I think that's uh, I think that's great. To, but no, I mean no fun stories yet that I can I can share but um, they're all uh, they're all good guys. I would say eat at Kona Grill. You know Burke will be happy with that. But no, I uh, they're 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 great and they all genuinely really care. Uh, I think they have a text message chain during the games, which I'm sure is uh, is humorous at times and uh, would be fun to read amongst all the owners. So um, I know Didier is active on it. So no, it's it's a look. It's a it's a great committed group that loves soccer. They want to grow the game, but more so than anything, they they want to bring a club that everybody is proud of. In Phoenix, statewide, and then you know the the backgrounds of all of them. Burke and, and Turkey, um, you know we have we have a really diverse ownership group. Tim uh, overseas in Germany, and and so um, we 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 definitely are blessed with with great owners, and I think it's only going to get better from here.
0: Couple lighthearted questions before we wrap things up. One, you came out with that Drogba bobblehead the yeah. other day, and that looked like fire. That's awesome, right? Awesome. Yeah. So, one, was the process for that? And then two, there's been a lot of chatter about jerseys for next season Mm. and saying that they're going to be the best in the league. I know some people are in the market for copper jersey either copper accents. no or... copper
1: yet no copper yet i'll give you that hint i think mm. i think we're too early in the club's history to, to shy away from our uh, our colors i think you know in the future uh, some copper accents will be pretty cool and i'm not saying it's out of the equation for 2019 but no copper next year uh but it's certainly on our radar and i think it would be pretty cool but like i said we're still establishing the brand and we got to make sure we don't go Too far to left field, but, um, you know, Real Madrid and those teams can do it because they've been around forever, and they do the, you know, the baby blues and all that sort of things, and the purples. And uh, I think we'll get there. Uh, I think the copper will look really sharp, and, you know, um, I think uh, there's some different things we can do on that end. But, no, I think our our kits are going to be – Um, very very well received and you know i'm looking forward to that that'll be in early 2018 probably late january early february that we can release those and do a launch party and maybe a fashion show type event and then start selling them so start saving now don't spend all your money at christmas Um, they're really really sharp uh, and they're custom which i think is important that was important to us uh, is we wanted custom jerseys. We wanted we didn't want the template look. We wanted something custom that represented our club, represented Arizona, and most importantly represented our fans and something our fans would enjoy. So, um, look, I might be overselling them. I hope not, but I've seen a lot of jerseys. I helped design the ones in San Antonio. I think... These are the best set of kits I've I've been a part of. So I hope the fans will like them, but you never know. Everybody has a different taste, and I'm sure we'll get some pushback on, on some of them. Not everyone's going to be happy, but overall, I think people are, are going to enjoy them. And then, of course, the Jogba bottlehead, I think that's just a... Uh, a no-brainer for us, right? I mean, who doesn't want that? I think it's great. It's his, it's his goal pose. I, I think that's just another reason to be a season ticket member. That was the thought process. You're not going to be able to get it unless you're a season ticket member. Um, so I think fans will, will buy season tickets just to get the bobblehead. Uh, and, you know, there's only 5,000 of them in the world of Phoenix Rising, Didier Drago, bobblehead. So... I wanted them to mean something, to be of high value. I wanted it to look good and be high quality. We didn't, you know, They're not cheap. Uh, so we're investing money in making sure our season ticket members have some value this year. That was important to us. And so this is one little season ticket member gift. You get one per seat. So for us, it's a, it's a great way to get more fans on board because I think they're going to want that item. Uh, and then for our loyal fans who've been there since day one to, to reward them with something really cool. And then there's other stuff, of course, as well. Uh, but no, they turned out it turned out really sharp, and I think um, it's got a lot of people talking and a lot of people interested. And that just goes back to being great and getting the most um, season tickets that we can. And to me, it's the best promotional item uh, around in soccer right now will be the Jogba the Bobblehead and his Phoenix Rising jersey. So um, to me, really sharp, really cool, awesome you know keepsake for the club and and you know the best part is didier likes it too so that's always a bonus
0: uh you know i was about to do final thoughts and then i just remembered so the seating is all switched up for next year yeah. what was the what was the process for that and the team benches, right
1: yeah, no. So the only, the only change is just the, the team benches are going to the other side of the field, and that's just a logistical uh, and security reason. Uh, so now they have to walk all the way across the field to get to the locker rooms, and um, from a league operations standpoint... Um, They need to be closer to the locker rooms to get in and out whether that's training staff uh, Assistant coaches, there's only so much time at halftime to have a speech So if you can cut off a minute of of travel time from the locker room to the benches, it makes a big difference So that was a recommendation uh, That we had gotten from a league operations and and security standpoint, and so it's an easy change for us We move them to the other side uh, and then you know, obviously we'll accommodate um, Anybody that would like to to sit behind the benches, but um, I think it'll be better for, for numerous reasons uh, but the biggest thing is, is an accessibility thing for the players, technical staff, and then obviously from a security standpoint it made a lot of sense
0: maybe adds to the home field advantage if you go to the players and the coaches and yeah, shades for yeah. those sunset games
1: uh, I, but see i don't think that's that big of a deal i mean we'll, we'll adjust the start times we're gonna that's another thing like i i think one of the learnings in year one of this club and it's something i did in san antonio and i'll be the first to admit our year one schedule wasn't great if you go and look at the schedules i think we had the best schedule in the league last year that wasn't by accident uh, we worked the system a little bit there's ways to work it Uh, So I've brought that here to to Phoenix we're going to have a much better schedule next year. So we take into account attendance, weather, uh, home and away, like all of that thing. So our schedule is going to be favorable to the fans, to the team um, next year. So yeah, I mean, look, we've got to play some games when it's sunny and the sun's setting and it's hot. You know, that's soccer in Phoenix. Uh, but I think, um, I think fans will be happy with the schedule next year. It's not done. We haven't even gotten the first draft from the league. But in the dates we submitted and blackout dates and things like that, I think, uh, I think we'll have a much more favorable and fan-friendly schedule uh, for 2018, which I think will make a difference.
0: Any possibility for a matinee match or two? I know this year it was all seven, seven. No, eight I don't
1: think starts. any regular season games will be will will be that. I, I don't think okay. we need to go that way. Um, I think there could be some preseason games when we do that and, and test it out. But um, for the regular season, no, I think it'll be the eight o'clock, 7.30s, and seven o'clock kicks. Uh, and from a player standpoint, you know, you want them in their routine and and uh, and whatnot. So um, no, I think look, I think it'll be a much better schedule, and I think uh, the fan experience. Uh, will benefit from that
0: and now i'll just open it up to you for final thoughts thank you for giving so much of your time
1: no of course thanks thanks for having me and, and always welcome and uh, i mean to you or or any of the fans I'm, I'm always available for questions you can always give me a call or uh, find me on social media i'm happy to answer any questions that anyone has whether that has to do with moving the benches or it has to do with the games or pricing or, or whatever it might be or feedback i love getting feedback um, so, look, I'm, I'm not hiding anywhere. It's easy. Uh, if you have, you know, complaints, suggestions, uh, ways to improve um, the team, you know, it's, it's easy to find me, and I'm happy to have those conversations.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, you as well, and, and
1: thanks to all the, the fans for their support and, and look forward to uh, growing the club together as we go into 2018.